You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking about how to set up a co-coaching agreement. Now, if you're a coach, it's essential for you to have your own coach. But what happens if you can't afford to pay a coach? Well, co-coaching or swapping sessions with another coach is a great way to give and receive coaching and gain the benefits. Coaching is much more effective if you're working with the right person. And so today I'm going to talk to you about how to set up a productive, connected co-coaching agreement with another coach. We're going to cover why coaches need to be coached, how to do a good fit call, and you can also do this with your potential clients other than co-coaching people, and how to set up a co-coaching agreement. So let's answer that first question. Well, why do coaches need to be coached? A lot of coaches finish their qualifications and they start looking for clients right away, but they haven't been coached themselves. So why is it important to get a coach? Well, there's a few really good reasons. Firstly, and I think this one is so important, if you are going to be able to communicate the value of what you do as a coach, you really need to speak authentically and from a point of view of experience. For example, imagine trying to sell a car if you'd never driven a car yourself. It wouldn't be really authentic, right? Or imagine trying to sell a skincare product that you didn't use. How would you feel about that? Being coached yourself gives you authenticity and also credibility. Now, secondly, when you decide to be a professional coach, you're pretty much committing to your own personal growth. Once again, it's all about authenticity. If you're not willing to grow and change yourself, then how can you be trusted to help other people to do the same thing, to develop new habits and pursue their own personal growth? So these are really important points. As one professional coach in the US says, you can only take a client as deep as you've gone yourself. Now, the other thing is, even if you're really good at coaching and you're all over things in your own life, everybody has blind spots, even coaches. And so, sure, you can coach yourself through the process of self-talk and reflection and journaling. You can use those tools to help you examine your thoughts, to make changes, to keep yourself accountable. But there are things about yourself and limiting beliefs that you have that you can't see. And no matter how good of a coach you are, you simply can't do it all on your own. You don't have the perspective of an outside objective party to help you see the unseen. And I think finally, it's only really through the process of coaching and experiencing the discomfort of change, the discomfort of facing the shadow side of yourself or those limiting beliefs, that you can really, truly and honestly appreciate what your clients are going to go through, how to describe the benefits and value of coaching, how to describe the process of making change in your marketing and to get that lived experience in terms of problem solving, navigating a journey and defining success on your terms. So by working with another coach, you might get to learn a few new coaching techniques and increase your own skills by going deep on areas that are important to you, perhaps deeper than you would on your own or with your own clients. 
So that experience of the discomfort of change makes you a really authentic change agent and you can speak to prospective clients from a point of view of experience and they'll hear that you know exactly what they're going through. So all of these things lead to greater resonance with your audience, more impactful marketing because you can truly speak the language of someone who's going to go through change. And of course, you get better coaching skills. Hopefully you're convinced now that it's really important to have yourself a coach, as I do, and as many of the other professional coaches I know do. So to work with a coach, there are a couple of options. You can hire someone and pay a fee for service, which suits some people, or you can find a peer coach to work with and do a barter or a swapping session with that other person, and that's what I'm calling co-coaching. The great thing about co-coaching is that the coaching itself is often a lot easier because you're both familiar with what coaching is all about, the language of coaching and how a session is run. So it can make things feel more comfortable and it can be easier to get into a flow. It's great if you're new to coaching and you're lacking a bit of confidence. Plus, it's zero cost. So if you're on a budget, co-coaching is an effective way to help you to get some practice, experience and personal growth. But like any coaching relationship, it's really important that you have a good fit with the person you're going to work with. You can definitely identify a co-coaching partner through your coach training school or maybe their alumni, or perhaps through your industry association. For example, if you're a member of Hercansa, there might be someone in that membership who you resonate with, who you've met at one of the meetings that we have each month and you decided you'd like to approach them for some co-coaching. However you identify the right person that you'd like to work with, you need to actually have a conversation with them and make sure that you're a good fit for working together. I like to have a good fit with any prospective client, and I think it's also really important to do this with a potential co-coaching partner. And then that raises the question for you perhaps is, well, how do I do a good fit call? What's that about? And I'd like to flesh that out now so that you're really clear on the steps that you can take to evaluate the chemistry between you and someone else and decide if you have enough trust and rapport and relationship to work together. A good fit call is what I call it. And it's really a short conversation, usually up to 30 minutes, where you're going to gauge your suitability of working together. And you can use exactly the same process to qualify prospective clients to see if you're a good fit for working with them and the right coach for them. So the goal is to see that you have, if you have the right chemistry, as I mentioned before, trust, rapport and relationship, and you both feel willing to work together. Now, there's no set in stone way to run a good fit call, but it generally involves asking each other some questions to get a sense of who that person is their personality perhaps and what's important to them, whether you have alignment in your values and goals perhaps. So I've got a few sample questions for you that you can ask a potential coaching partner. The first one might be, well, what's the main area or habit that you're looking to change right now? Obviously in the health and wellness space, it's going to be something to do with health and wellness which could include stress, sleep, energy, motivation, anxiety, eating, exercise, work-life balance, any of those sorts of things. 
The second question might be, what are your objectives for the coaching partnership? So it might be defining what you want to achieve, the outcome. The third question I think is really important. It's how do you want to be coached? Some people like to talk and download and they need plenty of silence and space and listening. Some people want more direct communication. That's kind of my style. Other people want more, uh, I don't want to say padding or fluff, but they want more conversation that's a bit softer and perhaps more empathetic. Some people want to be challenged. So you have to be really clear that you're a match in that regard too. You might also ask them to tell me, tell you about them and what's going on in their life right now. Maybe looking for common ground or to get a sense of what they're going through, just to make sure that you have the capacity to be available and hold the space for them. And you might also ask them about their top two values and why they matter. So those sorts of questions are usually enough to get a sense of that person and how aligned you are in terms of perhaps your demographic or personality, values, priorities, stage of life and goals. It may not matter to you to cover all of those things. Maybe there are just one or two things that are important for you to have in a co-coaching relationship. And of course, similar energy is really important. Some people are super introverted and some are super extroverted. So you want to make sure that your energies are aligned too. Make sure that when you're having that conversation with someone that you're very present in the conversation so that you can do the really essential piece, which is checking in with yourself about the chemistry that you have with the other person. So I'm talking about somatic awareness. And to get that somatic awareness, there are pretty much three ways you can check in with yourself during the conversation. Firstly, you want to ask yourself, how is my body responding in this conversation? For example, do you notice a tightness or tension in your body or a tingling, free-flowing feeling of energy? And where do you feel that? Often your physical reaction to a person can give you a good sense of whether they're a good fit for you or not. So that's what's your body doing? The second question is, how do I feel in the conversation? For example, do you feel overwhelmed, tentative, drained, overpowered, or do you feel calm, open, and energized? So we've talked about the physical feeling and the mental feeling, I guess. And the third thing to ask yourself is, what am I thinking during the conversation? Even though you're present with the person, you might be thinking, oh, this person seems like hard work or I'm not sure about this or they're too soft or driven for me or maybe you're thinking, gee, this person's really aligned, we're getting on well, we've got a lot in common, I feel really good about this. This checking in process is so important and then it leads to one of two outcomes. Either you're not a fit to work together or you are a fit to work together. There's really no in-between if you're on the fence, it's probably better to say no or perhaps to have a trial session. So if you feel that the two of you are not a fit, that's okay. You can decide together openly and honestly. And you need to be honest and let them know that you don't think it's the right fit for you, but it was lovely to meet them and have the introduction. If this was a client that you were talking to, you might word it differently. You might say, look, I think that there's another coach who'd be a better match for you and be able to give you better and more relevant support. Would it be okay if I pass their details on? 
So then in that case, you'd be talking to a potential client as though you want to find exactly the right person for them to succeed. That may not matter so much if you're talking to another coach. Now, if you feel like you are a fit, you can establish an agreement. And I would recommend that you set a number of sessions that you're going to do together. So to agree on that and then review progress before you decide whether to continue. So if you're agreeing on a number of sessions with a co-coach, then you need to allow enough time and enough sessions for the person to establish or get back on track with at least one habit. And that's normally six to eight sessions. If you're working with a client, you would be getting them to purchase six to eight sessions or at, le at least because you know that's how long it takes to form a habit. In a co-coaching arrangement, um, you might like to be a bit more flexible. So how do you set up a co-coaching arrangement once you've established that rapport is suitable? Well, with a client, if you're working with them and you'd had that good fit call, you'd normally agree on the terms, payment, duration of coaching, and it is a similar process to co for co-coaching but without the payment. It's really important that you have a mutual agreement up front so that you can ensure you both are committed to the relationship, that you both achieve your goals and that you're committed to supporting each other through the process to achieve success. Now, it might sound like a given because you're two coaches and you want to achieve these outcomes and you want to work together, but when no money changes hands, getting this agreement can be even more important as a financial investment can strengthen commitment. And if you don't have that, you need to make sure that you're both equally invested. The last thing you want to do is to start cancelling or postponing sessions or losing enthusiasm and getting too busy because you haven't invested enough in the relationship. What I'm saying is you need to treat your co-coach with the integrity and respect that you would have if you were paying them or if you were a client. So you need to check with them in terms of the importance of making change as well. How important is it to you right now? How committed are you? And what are the potential obstacles? You really need to get a sense of their commitment. From there, once you've established that you're agreed on the terms, how many sessions, over what period, which days and times are going to work best, as much as you can map out in, up front is important. You could then either ask your coach, your co-coach to complete a client agreement that you'd normally use, or you can establish a less formal written agreement stating the terms of your engagement so that you're both really clear on the expectations and investment. As I mentioned before, you'd normally be agreeing to a minimum of eight weeks of at least five sessions and to be working on one or two new habits over that period. So the goal would be to form one or two new habits towards reaching the outcome and to automate those habits. So remembering that that's going to take around 12 weeks, you want to be coaching together for at least eight. If it's more about getting an existing habit back on track, then maybe less time is required, perhaps a minimum of six weeks and at least four sessions. The two of you can decide on the cadence of sessions and depending on how much support you feel, you get a good idea of whether that needs to be weekly or fortnightly or whatever. I think that starting weekly is a really good idea for at least three weeks because that's the period when most people need the most support 
and need to get some runs on the board, some quick wins for them to start believing in themselves and feeling confident. So then after that, you might continue weekly or perhaps move to fortnightly if at the time if you both agree. I think what's more important is that you agree to the duration of working together, for example, 12 weeks in total, and then you can discuss and agree on the cadence as you go. That's how I like to work with my clients. You might like to do that or you might like to do something different and agree on the whole thing up front. I think it's also a good idea to to schedule at least three sessions in advance so that you're both clearing your schedules and making time to focus and give your energy to the coaching relationship. So let's wrap up the key points from today. I've covered lots of reasons why it's really valuable for coaches to work with their own coaches, including your depth of experience, your skill development, authenticity, personal growth, and also marketing insights. We talked about how to conduct a good fit call, either with a co-coach or a prospective client, to make sure that there's a suitable rapport and relationship between you. And I've given you some sample questions that you can ask each other to get a feel of the fit and three questions to ask yourself to honestly reflect on the chemistry and suitability of the partnership. And if you're not a fit, then be honest, thank each other for the conversation. If that's a client, you might like to recommend them to somebody else who would be a better fit and more likely help them achieve their success. If you're a fit with that person you're talking to for a co-coaching agreement, then you can set that up to cover the amount of time that you'll work together, the number of sessions you'll likely have and the cadence of those sessions. And remembering that at least locking in the first three days and times is really important for your commitment and investment. Having something in writing, make sure that you're both committed, ready and prepared to take action. I hope that's been helpful. I hope you go out and find an amazing co-coach to work with. And if you have any questions, hit me up on the contact page of my website, melaniejwhite.com. Thanks for being here and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.